Hey everybody, I need you to know this is not an investment advice podcast, okay? The host goal is simply to unravel some of the mystery of what the stock market is and how it works, but not how to invest in it, all right? Now that being said, enjoy the show. Well, as my mother used to say, invest like no one's watching. To the paper jam. Yeah, let's do the paper jam. To the paper jam. Nothing's real, the money's fake. To the paper jam. I said do the paper jam. To the paper jam, oh baby, to the paper jam. everybody and welcome to the Paper Jam podcast where every single week we use a paper trading platform to randomly move our fake money from one stock over to the next one. And even though the money is fake, our emotions are still extremely real. Uh, my name is Mike Morrissey. I'm joined by my co-host Kenny Gray and sometimes we're lucky enough to have a special somebody join us. And today is one of those days. We have a very talented, super fun friend of ours, writer, comedian, musician in the infamous band Kill Jay, check out their music anywhere you get your music. It's William and I, I William Gianetta. How do you say your last name? Gianetta. <laughs> Gianetta. 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 This is bad Depends because of all asked. the things to get wrong right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> uh, if, and then the you were asking about is, what uh, credits to introduce him with and not how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> I consider us friends, too. We are friends. I bandaged your bleeding finger over a sink at one of our first meetings, as I what recall. Was, when was that? I've slept at your Night house. <laughs> yeah, one of the Somerville Night Lives, your, your hand was like bleeding pretty profusely, and I think I wrapped it in masking tape as you washed it over a dump sink. Why was my hand bleeding? We were doing a sketch <laughs> called Cut the Hand Live on Stage, and I demanded that it happen. <laughs> Chop it off! Oh, when you can he chopped my hand off. Yeah, but that's enough for us to be close friends in my mind. Well, I was just, and if you can, if you guys want, if you're a listener at home and you want to press the back 15 seconds button, you can write us in at the Paper Jam Pod and say, what word was it that I realized I'd never said Will's last name out loud? <laughs> I have, and I started to get nervous. Gialetta. Netta. Here, I can G change G my Zoom G thing Netta. that's helpful. Well, it'd be help more helpful if you change your last name legally to what I've been saying. Okay. I've, just, <laughs> I've just seen your name on, like, emails of just, like, and there's a lot of letters in there, and it's, oh, and, oh yeah, and I guess on the Zoom, too, it was just Will G, so I scrolled over to, to see what was on there. Oh, Jesus, William. But I, I don't call, I don't ever call you Mr. Gianetta. I, I usually call you William or Will. Um mm -hmm. But I've slept at your house. We've done we've done a comedy show or two <laughs> together. Like you're a good friend, super you talented slept, guy. Fair, Will, how the hell slept, are you doing? You slept at Will's house when Will and I were living together. Hey, yeah, but still, <laughs> come on, we had a good time. You make it sound like you had a sleepover at Will's house when I wasn't around. <laughs> hey, but so when someone asks you, like, hey, do you know that guy's last name? I could say, hey, no, but I know where he keeps his rack of bass guitars. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I know, uh, I know that um, that when Bill Withers died, he, that you play, you played uh, the "Loving It" song as yep. a tribute. Mm -hmm. That's how close we are. That's how close. <laughs> that was a good tribute. I saw it on Instagram. Will, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm having a great time. I'm excited for the company we're going to talk about today. Uh, it warms the cockles of my heart 
to think on all the fond memories this company has provided me with over I'm the years. I'm super excited and I'm super excited to get into it. I do have one question before we start, but I also want to quickly just shout out that you, you and I, a lot of the listeners think that you and I are very best friends, but what they might not know is that you and Kenny are very good friends, very longtime collaborators. I've seen a lot of the stuff that you guys have written. You've written some stuff out here in LA, you're writing stuff in Boston and you're in a great band, Kill J. What's going on with Kill J these, these days, guys? I'm curious. Good question. <laughs> I mean, not a lot. We made a Christmas album. That was kind of the biggest thing we did. We, we wrote a whole Christmas album together. Um, it's sort of a compilation from different different fake artists that we made up. But right now, I don't know, a little dormant, probably some things percolating, some conversations to happen. Certainly not over, I don't think. I think Will and I uh, decided that we didn't want to force anything, didn't want to ruin the fun of doing it. So whenever the mood strikes, we like to make stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but... You know, we were considering making another album. We were like, that doesn't sound like fun right now. So we didn't do it. <laughs> but I love it because you're, it sounds like you two are, I mean, you guys are great writers and I, I love the comedy you do, but you guys are, it seems like you're in a band the way that like <clears throat> Jack Black is in a band of, you know, he's doing like him and Kyle Gass do a bunch of stuff. And then when they feel like being in a band again, it's just like, hey, do you want to do a tour or do you want to do this? It, it would be fun if I've, I love the Christmas album. What's the Christmas album's name and where can you find it? If anyone's listening. Uh, it's called Hormel Presents A Very <laughs> Chilly Christmas. It's wonderful. I believe you can get it on Spotify. You definitely yeah. can. But wouldn't it be crazy if that album really took off and then it's just like you have one really big album that like 11 months out of the year, no one really thinks about the album, but then Christmas time comes around, Chris is around the corner it's playing all over the place. That is sort of already what happens. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like when I think of the band, I, I, I remember when that album came out and I loved it so much. So when I think of Kill J, I'm like, oh, I think of that like Christmas album they came out. And it's like, I can't really listen to that for another two months. But hey, you know, in a month and a half. You know, this is a great reminder because we seasonally forget to promote it until like well <laughs> past the point where we should. So, Kenny, let's have a little meeting after this about how, who, who we're going to tell about the album again this year. Yeah, I we should think do that. that this is our Halloween episode, boys. So like, uh, it's going to be coming out for, for the week of Halloween. I think this is still the one week that you, you can't, Kenny, stop because people get scared and I don't want to scare anybody with those noises. <laughs> no, no, the ghost I can handle, but a creaking door is too much. Okay. <laughs> no, stop it. Everybody stop. I'm turning the sound off my computer. <laughs> but I think it's still too early as it's a Halloween episode. But next week, you guys can promote that all you want. But hell yeah. Well, William, I, I like to start by asking you're you're a you're a comedy writer. You're a you're a music writer. What the heck do you know about about investing in the stock market? Do you do you have you ever invested? Do you know anything? Do you have any friends or family members who are really into it and are seeing success? I know very little. Um my my one of my grandfathers was fairly savvy, I think, in the sense that he would like buy a bunch of McDonald's stock in the 70s and like Damn. give it to you. No, nothing. Damn. Nothing is paid off in any in any absurd dividends. I think it was more of like, a, oh, you know, I'll buy one hundred dollars worth of stock for my grandkids years later or whatever. But nothing, nothing went gangbusters or anything like that. Um so I have a little bit of that when that when that grandfather did pass a small little nugget of money was passed to me, which got put into an account that my dad told me what to do with it. So it's like <laughs> that kind of, that is my level of investing is whenever I have had the grace of of excess money, I ask someone else what is a conservative safe thing to do with it. And I follow those instructions to the letter. 
Isn't it crazy that we're all adult men and we could all have uh, a, a child at any time? It, like when you become <laughs> well, a dad, I, come on, think about this, guys. Mike What's lives his life a little more recklessly than the most of us. I don't like I, to think that I will be surprised second. by a child. <laughs> I'm not saying we will. We could. Maybe we should. <laughs> No, but do you like, I love it whenever, like if once you have a kid, all of a sudden your stock market knowledge is trusted more of like, do we all just blindly trust our dads of of what they would say to do with the stock market? I was going to say, well, I think dads have a good perspective because they are trying to invest for 18 years. Right. And generally the best principle investing, the hardest thing to do is to wait. Um, and you know, in our current, uh, gimme, gimme culture, short term mm, returns off. are valued, but like, you know, buying McDonald's stock in the seventies, that's a good investment tip. If you're willing to wait 50 years. Well, my dad invested all my college funds into blockbuster video. Oh. So I went to college in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I, well, <laughs> I'm excited. So, Will, Will, that that makes me really happy that you're you're pretty on track with most of our most of our guests, and honestly, myself and Kenny, uh, thirty episodes into this fucking podcast of as you say at the beginning, Will, this is not an investment advice podcast. That, oh, that I was going to say, right. you do sound a lot like our attorney in the beginning oh, of the episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for breaking the reality. <laughs> But yeah, Ken, so I'm excited to, to get a little bit into this stock, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what this show is? If anyone's, I'm assuming a lot of people are just listening to this for Will and they've never heard us talk about the show. So what, what the hell is this show about? Well, way back when we took $10,000 of fake money, invested it into the stock market. Uh, it is tracking real stocks, but the money is fake. So last week our money was invested in Chewy, and this week we moved our money to ba 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 Nintendo. This is a fun stock. So Nintendo engages in the development, manufacture, and sale of home entertainment products. Its entertainment products include portable and console game machines and software, trump card, and karuta, Japanese-style playing cards, multinational consumer electronics, home console hardware such as Nintendo Wii, DS, 3DS, and others, as well as software for handheld and home console gaming machines. So that's Nintendo. Will, I want to know, you, uh, when we lived together, we both arrived with N64s. Yes, And I want to oh, know, shit. though, what was your first Nintendo console? Um, I think technically the first one that I ever had was a Game Boy. I think it was a Game Boy Color that I got when I, I think I turned, it was either like 14 or 16. Um, my family was pretty like, uh, video games are wait, not wait, you, the you best. You got your first Game Boy when you were 14? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I think so. So your parents were very anti-video game. Yeah, I don't want to say like blanket anti, but they were kind of like, well, his friends have him around. Like, we don't care that he plays them, but like to have it in the house is a little like it's all he's going to do. And boy, were they right. That's what I was going to say. The reason I'm surprised is because you are a game man now. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty in it. So like they were and I wonder, you know, is it that is it is it the prohibition of it that made me covet it so because like when i when friends had it it was like charlie can i come over your house and play your nintendo like i want to get it and the fact that i don't have one makes me want it even fucking more so i was wondering the exact same thing 
of of Will. I was I was the same way. Although I think it sounds like I mean, if you got your first Game Boy when you were fourteen, it sounds like you were even later. My parents were also very like, you can play games on the computer, you can play Nintendo at your friend's house, but like we're not having one here. <clears throat> um, I eventually got one when I was older, but I think I probably got my first Nintendo when I was. 13 14 so how when how long was it before you had like a real like system in your house so we got an n64 not too long after that i think the game boy kind of broke the ice and they said like this is a losing battle we're not going to be able to the same thing kind of happened with like tv shows that were like a little crass there was a little like we don't want you repeating things from ren and stimpy at school and getting letters sent home so like let's and then at a certain point the floodgates were just open so it was probably a couple years after that that my sister and i uh convinced our parents i believe we used like yard sale money to go get an n64 and this was around when i think the gamecube was coming out so we were like a console behind pretty generally as a family had you had you been playing computer games though before the Game Boy? Because I remember you saying was yeah. it RuneScape that the game that you were really liked? Oh man, me and RuneScape. <laughs> yeah, that that even RuneScape. goes on a little a little later maybe even than the acquisition of the N sixty four. But we did have a family computer. But you got to remember like. This is before, you know, your family doesn't have a great video card and the games you can play. Like, I think violence was still a thing my parents weren't big into. So, like, it wasn't Doom and Wolfenstein and that. It was, like, Minesweeper and, uh, I don't know, Pinball, whatever, like, kind of Windows games. Mike, where do you start with Nintendo? Um, the Game Boy True... Uh, my, my... Will... Uh What's your last name again? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Will and I's story is is very similar of that, like, yeah, my, my classic, like, uh, South Shore, Quincy Mass, like, parents of, like, no games, play outside, play outside, play outside. Then the floodgates kind of started snapping a bit when I was obsessed with video games when I was a kid. Uh, and my parents got me a Game Boy and I got Pokemon Red and my brother got Pokemon Blue. It was just e- easily the most uh, ecstasy I've ever felt on a Christmas morning. Mine was the same. Boy. I had Blue, my sister had Red, but that was oh! the game that came with the Game Boy Color that was like... Yes! Yeah. Fucking forget about it. It was so... I, I don't want to go... Maybe I'll do that a little rabbit hole on that later, but that, that I remember, Will, I'm sure you feel the same. That was probably like one of the most exciting times of my life. Before that, I think I was probably when I was... 12 or something. I've told the story in the podcast, uh, Will, of like the, the best birthday I ever had. We weren't allowed to have video games. And on my 10th birthday, my mother rented an N64 in Diddy Kong Racing for my birthday party. <laughs> Diddy for Kong 24 Racing. Hours. We're going to go deep on it a bit, Ooh, I promise you. Uh, you've been mentioned on the pod about how much you love Diddy <laughs> Kong Racing. Um, but it was it, it was ecstasy. That was, that was the best birthday. And the best part was when all my friends went home and I just got to sit on the little TV in my parents' room just playing by myself. It was amazing. Um, but our parents were super against it. And then similar to Will, my brother, <clears throat> for his confirm or for some kind of thing where you get money, uh, <laughs> got like $150 and went and bought. And he told my parents, he was like, I'm going to buy a Nintendo 64 and you can't Whoa. stop me from buying it. It's my money. And they yeah. were like, okay. And we just got it. And we got 007 Goldeneye. And like, that was it. That's how you get your parents. If it's your money, they can't legally say no to whatever you want to buy, even as a no, child. No, it was a, it was an empowering moment, and I think we learned a little something from it too. Of like, they were like, "Hey, if you want to buy it, like, go for it." So I think the price point too will be an interesting part of these conversations because I think Nintendo sixty four starts to become like there's a turning point where these things are kind of like 
affordable for middle class, lower middle class families, where before mm-hmm. that things were like, oh, that's, uh, I, Kenny might have these stats. I don't I don't want to put you on the spot. But like it used to be like, oh, the Atari is like six hundred dollars or something in today's oh, really? money. If you if you do like the conversion of uh, uh, the inflation rate. I don't know Just what that was like the, the f- one of the first systems. I don't have the exact conversion, but I can tell you that Nintendo's long strategy has been the family that they are. Mm. Nintendo has Famicom. long preferred uh, experience over technology. So if you'll mm. notice the big turning point, we can talk about it history wise, but the big turning point was the N64 when something like PlayStation and all those came out and the premium on a PlayStation was the graphics and the premium on the Nintendo was IP and experience. Like they had mm. shittier graphics, but they leaned into it and said, well, our characters are cartoons, so we don't need better graphics. So that's where this big division starts. Hardware wise, if you look at, I mean, that's that's the critique people still have of Nintendo to this day. The hardware is not as nice as the hardware in something like an Xbox One or a PS5. As a quick correction, uh, so I just looked it up. Uh, when the Atari 2600 came out in 1977, it retailed for about $199, which with inflation is $730, uh, sorry, $750. Wow. So like if you were getting it, and but that's back like, you know, Atari in 1977, it's like a very new piece of technology. But $750 is like, mo- my family would never consider paying that amount for a video game system. It had to get no. down to the, you know late 90s $100 $150 price to be even something they would like consider. I'm realizing my experience is slightly skewed because my parents liked video games. Whoa. Really? My dad really likes arcade games specifically. He doesn't really like console games. He likes the standing with the joystick. My mom uh is a child of the 80s. She's a little bit younger than my dad. Um Ooh, and all right, Ken. Loved the NES. Um, specifically and like, so growing up, there was, when I was born, there was already a Nintendo entertainment system in the house. And so, but the price point, they could never get on board with the price points of the crazy expensive systems because, um, I mean, they were stupid, but the, I, I mean, I think I had, I remember playing Pokemon in second grade. Um, Mm. I was like full, full convert, but my brother was the one who like, he was a little bit, he's three years younger than me. He was like, he's a GameCube disciple. Um, that's his system. <laughs> it's, it's funny. And Ken, really quick aside, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're saying you had games in the house of day one. Will and I were the kind of the street rat, uh, the street cat kids outside being like, hey, can I, uh, can I, can I come over? Yeah, can I we're, look over your shoulder at your Game Boy Pocket at recess? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We're like, yeah, I know you have Sonic on Sega. Can I come over every single day after school? <laughs> um, I don't think that I was doing this, but that was where my mom had a conversation with me. I was hanging out with this kid. I didn't like all that much, but he had Donkey Kong 64 and I wanted to come over and hang all the time. <laughs> and then she was like, make Mike, make sure you're not using somebody. And I Whoa. was like, I was like, I don't think I was, but that's why I, I remember that was the first time I heard that. She was like, you know, Michael, like you, you want to make sure you're not using people. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, you know, don't, are you going over just to do that thing? It was like, that's not very nice to him. And I was like, oh shit. But like, it speaks to the allure that these things had to our generation. Like, oh you, my God, you yes. would potentially have to question, <laughs> are these real friendships or do I want to play Donkey Kong? Yeah. Well, I want to point something out, which is that Nintendo, I always felt, even though I had a gaming system, 
I always felt inferior to all my friends who had PlayStations mm. because and Sega because Nintendo, and this will lead into my question, Nintendo is sort of, the joke is that it's for babies. Yeah. yeah. It's for babies. Well, I want to know, how does Nintendo factor in? Because you're, you're now involved in the wire world of video games. How do you think about Nintendo as a brand? I mean, they definitely deliberately, you know, don't make super violent stuff. There's not a lot of guns in Nintendo properties. They they restrict. I don't know if they still do, but for a long time, they were like uh, independent developers are not making games that we don't OK. Like they would put chips on their ah. cartridges or in the systems that were like everyone can't make these games because we want to have control over what games get played on Nintendo. Uh, they probably relax that now a little bit, but um yeah, there. I don't know. There is a difference. PlayStation, Xbox have always been a little more mature. Um, but at the same time, like Breath of the Wild, like shut up if you're going to call that a baby game. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's it, it's universally loved and exciting. Like things don't have to be um, violent and mature to or things don't have to be violent to be mature, I don't think. And honestly, Nintendo does a lot of creative reaching that these other companies don't do like Sure, they can make Black Ops 1, Black Ops 4, Black Ops Deep Cover, Black Ops Tom Clancy 2. Like, great. <laughs> Majora's Mask has a creepy moon that is like slowly descending to crush the world. And like you oh, have yeah. to put time back to fit. It's like that is way more interesting and mature and fantastic to me than just like another Desert Storm simulator game, you know. So is it is it? less of those violent things yes does that mean it's for children or adults i don't know like what are you into it's more creative to me and that that goes further for me in general so let me walk you through more, normally we just do kind of an overview of the company but nintendo warrants a bit of a, a step by step history up until i'm going to stop around the n64 because that's where we know the history of it yeah so, they literally start in the 1800s that is wild that the company is that old Nintendo starts as a as a card company in its iteration that we know today. Um, starts as a trading card company. Cards are very popular. At a certain point, Disney comes over to Nintendo and says, hey, can you make trading cards with Disney characters on them? Then they dip. They crash. Trading cards don't become as popular anymore. And during this period, Nintendo is still a company and they don't really know what to do. By the way, Nintendo doesn't have seemingly a, a clear, direct translation, is thought to mean leave luck to heaven, which I think is sort of a nice, when you think about their ethos, kind of makes sense. I believe it's because they started, like, before even the trading cards, they manufactured just playing cards that had decorative patterns. So it's kind of a luck, like game gambling, kind of a leave fortune to heaven mm. is like the... I think that's the tie-in. So once the trading card and cards in general become less popular, between 1963 and 1968, they invested in several business lines for Nintendo that were far from its traditional market and for the most part, very unsuccessful. <laughs> Among these ventures were Instant Rice, a taxi service <laughs> named Daya, and a chain of love hotels. Love hotels are a type of short hotel found around the world operated primarily for the purpose of allowing guests privacy for sexual activities. What the fuck? 
hey, you got kids, you know, you, you got to get away for the weekend. You and the missus looking for a romance. Head on down to the Nintendo and just like <laughs> the Nintendo fuck pop in for a bit, you know? Well, guys, you know, I did say that the three of us should have kids. Why don't we just find these old hotels? You didn't say we should. You said it could happen to any of us at any time. <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> So I'm sorry, then, continue, continue with your sex hotel thing, Kenny. So once the, these, uh, these hotels for people pounding uh, don't go well, <laughs> Nintendo builds a light gun, uh, a little gun that shoots a beam of light. And a strange thing to build kind of out of nowhere, but that light gun connects to a Magnavox video game system, and it's the precursor to that gun that you use for Duck Hunt. So ah. then they see, whoa, Magnavox just sold a whole bunch of video game systems. We should make a video game system. So they partner with Mitsubishi and they make the unimaginatively named Color TV Game 6. <laughs> Six. <laughs> and let me see. I'll send you a picture of what the Color TV Game 6 looks like. Here it is. Whoa, this thing's kind of cool. So it's like a big orange, uh, like VHS. It almost looks like a Nickelodeon VHS tape when yeah. you, know, you get it's like the plastic is orange with two not two black knobs on either side. But yeah, it's very seventies retro looking. It looks like something yeah. from uh, two thousand one. It'd be like on a console in one of the ships or something. It definitely looks like a yeah, like a Rugrats in Paris VHS with like <laughs> knobs. So then they develop this system in tandem with Mitsubishi. They think we should make our own. So then I thought this detail was fun and it shows how bored people potentially were. One day, a Nintendo engineer saw someone playing with their calculator and thought, what if we made something like that? And they mm -hmm. developed Damn. the game and watch system. What does it mean to play with your calculator? Like in a, in a day and age when I imagine calculators cost more than a nickel, right? Like that's probably kind <laughs> of a... Was he just writing boobs upside down? <laughs> See, we, we all know he was just writing boobs upside down. What oh. game can you play on like a basic arithmetic? Like TI-87, <laughs> sure, let's load Snake up and fuck off oh, in the yeah. back of geometry class. But this is like an old school <laughs> This calculator. little pervert's giving me a million dollar idea. <laughs> so a thing about the Game & Watch system, I don't. it didn't say if this was totally unique, but it was definitely um, well received, was that Game & Watch had two modes, easy and hard. Whoa. Which was which really? is now a hallmark of video games. Um, yeah, it looks like it, it's a precursor to the Game Boy. It's where the character Mr. Game and Watch comes from in mm. Super Smash Brothers. Oh, shit. A character that I didn't... It, you know, Smash Brothers in general um, has been a great way for me to learn about old Nintendo IP. I don't know if synergy is the right word, but it's it it. I mean, that was a wet dream idea of some executive of of whoever had the idea for Smash of like let's get all these characters and put them in one. And like you just said, Kenny, let's throw some other like deep cuts in that people are like, oh, you know, it would be really fucking cool if Marv from Fire Emblem or whatever is yeah. in this game. And then people like you know Kenny or like or myself just like. Well, who is this? Like, what is this game? They I'll go take buy that. Big swings. They go. We don't care mm -hmm. that you didn't play Earthbound and know who Ness is. He's in the game. Could we have just put yeah. like another Mario character, another Donkey Kong character? Yep. They're like, nope. We like Earthbound. One that's not so fucking hard to play as. And correct me if I'm wrong, but at that point, the games. So speaking of you know, parents not liking violence, the games that were like that on other systems were Mortal Kombat. And so mm. Nintendo creates a family-friendly fighting game, which, I mean, rightfully explodes. I mean, that was the game. But we'll talk about that 
in the Patreon. So more Nintendo innovations, Donkey Kong first game, it seems to use jumping as a character Mm. thing. First ability to have a character jump. So they ostensibly created the platformer. Mm. Also, then NES comes out the classic gray box. Uh, Technically the longest running system ever wasn't technically discontinued from discontinued until 2003 in Japan. Really? Yeah, they were still. So you could it. still buy like a new NES in two thousand three. So. Wow! Really? So then the NES also. Well, excuse me. The NES is uh, pioneers the D-pad. Previous to that, it was the joystick. So Nintendo creates uh, this, you know, up, down, left, right, which is far better for two D games. I also imagine it fails less. I imagine a joystick is harder to maintain and like the D-pad seems like it has less moving parts. If you want something that like kids can mess around with and not break and have to get repaired, like that seems more resilient. And then from there, they create the Game Boy, which is the first handheld device to use the console technology of cartridges. So this blows up. I mean, this is huge. The Game Boy, I don't know about you all, but the Game Boy, while I love the N64 and the consoles, the Game Boy, when I think of being a young sub-18, I fucking love the Game Boy. Oh, my fucking God. I'm getting excited. Like, when it's your fucking, like, birthday, and you got the box wrapped up, and you unwrap it, and you, like, you like even just the smell of the cartridge mm-hmm. and the fresh cartridge, and, you, and it fits so perfectly, just, like, like Click. slides in and then just, like, clicks in. Like, fuck, it's so fun. Yeah, like, I, so when, when you started asking me about doing Nintendo on this, I started, like, you know, recollecting. And at first I was like, oh, N64, N64, N64. And the deeper I got, I was like, I think I have a lot more memory and love tied to Game Boy than I do. Yeah. Because it was there on car trips. You could hide it under the sheets with a little light adapter mm-hmm. on it if yep, you had one. Yep, like, yep, it was yep. it was on playgrounds in your backpack. Like, it was with you versus, like, you know, at home in front of the console. Your parents are like, we want to watch TV. Or, like, that's enough. It's like, this was your secret. Like, it was your phone before your phone. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah, it was. I never thought about that. Thank you. It was my iPhone. Do you think that was our priming for like our obsession with the, uh, as the, us like pre-internet kids of like exactly will like I remember just going to like a family friend's house that you didn't want to go to you could just like sit in the corner and like yep. catch Pokemon. He's or- playing his Game Boy. Kids these days are swapping nudes. We used to swap Pokemon over the link. <laughs> I had the link, the wire between them. I traded a diglet for this kid's fucking squirtle. He was a moron. So then previous to N64, so we've got the Game Boy, we've got the NES, then Super NES comes out. This is a system Ooh. I have never interacted with. The, oh, really? the, the gray and purple one. Mm-hmm. What? This is when Sega comes out. This is when Sonic so my cousins had Sega and I had the old NES and a Game Boy. And this is when that feeling starts to arrive in me of I am not playing. They're playing Mortal Kombat on a Sega Game Gear and mm-hmm. I am playing oh, yeah. Pokemon on a, on a Game Boy. And they're like, what are you, baby? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it's cool. I just got the boulder badge. It's cool. Come on. <laughs> so then the death, the, the real death blow comes, though. With the N64, which is strange because in terms of in the moment, N64 was not as big a success as PlayStation 1. And the reason Mm. that that's true is because PlayStation makes the switch to CDs. Mm -hmm. And 
Nintendo holds fast on cartridges. So PlayStation sells 100 million units. N64 sells 30 million. Really? There's a component to this story that is um, Nintendo was working with Sony up until that point to to try to use, I believe, to to make a CD player slash uh, like home entertainment system or like the game, the same thing, Famicom or whatever it was called. Um, they were going to make a hybrid. I don't know if they were going to run games off the disc or just it was like a selling point that it was both. But either way, that deal fell through. Nintendo pulled out of their deal and said, like, we're going to go make this with somebody else. And so then Sony goes, well, we've already worked on this technology. Let's just make a CD based gaming console. And then oopsie, Nintendo, Oopsies. you screwed up. CD technology got way cheaper to manufacture. You can put more data like they just got better. Discs got way better. And it ended up being the better investment, I think. And that's when Damn. the first initial feeling we talked about this on a different episode. But when I'm sitting there playing, you know, Mario 64 and my friend is over there reading anime with the 900 disc Final Fantasy game playing PlayStation, <laughs> you know. Can save it for when we invest in Sony. <laughs> so that takes us to now. Essentially, Nintendo falls a bit off the wagon. They have GameCube and then they just kind of dip down, right? Because at this point, the big boys come in PlayStation, Xbox. That's the next. <laughs> Makes total sense too, right? If we are the generation that was playing video games, PlayStation and Xbox step right in for the teenage years and the college years to provide games. Well, I was going to say, I think a like cultural or sociological part of that story, too, is that at that point, games become ubiquitous and not as niche. Whereas before, it's like you got to be a nerd to play video games or whatever. Like, you know, it takes some money. It's that things start getting cheaper and it just becomes like, oh, let's play mad like a game like Madden, right? I think PlayStation or Sega, somebody pioneered that. I don't, Nintendo doesn't do that. Once sports games come out, once gun shooter stuff comes out, that makes it like, like you said, everybody, your cousins, like now everyone is playing games. And I think the general demand for that kind of stuff is more than it is for like your fantastic plumber character that eats the mushrooms and gets big. <laughs> like that's weird, but everybody can get on board with Madden and Halo and whatever. Another thing I think really important to point out about the N64 is it's the first console that natively has four controller inputs. And for something that mm -hmm. is billed as like family home entertainment uh, for PlayStation, you ha you could get an adapter and do it. Um, I forget what it's called, but you could plug four in, oh, but yeah. you have to plug something into that. So you got to buy another piece of hardware. So this is like built for four people. The games probably reflect that more than other consoles did. Um just like huge leg up. And that opens the way for, you know, your four player Mario Karts, your Mario parties, your golden eyes. Like they really unlocked same like split screen multiplayer with that, I think. Well, speaking of unlocking, we'll see if I either unlocked victory or shit my pants once again <laughs> when we come back from the break. And welcome back. Let's stop messing around and get right into it. Boys, you ready to hear about what happened to our money when we invested it this week into Nintendo? Boys, let's go. Last week, our money was invested in Chewy, and we had $9,810.33. This week, we invested it into Nintendo, and we lost $221.45, bringing us back down to $9,588.88. Boy, Nintendo went on a down spiral and fucked us good. Well, ba -da -bum, ba -da -bum, you fucking idiot. You know what Kenny's I... so dumb. 
<laughs> Sorry, don't let me step on your uh, your harangue. Dumb, 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 dumb. What a fucking idiot, loser, asshole. You took all my money and you threw it into a shithole. What a fucking idiot can he is. Look at that haircut that I said was good, but I lied. Because he's dumb and he has no self-respect for himself or the show. Thank you, Will, for giving a fucking middle finger as I wish I could do the same fucking thing. And I think I will. <laughs> Mike's a fucking Fuck asshole. Fuck you, Kenny. God damn it. Mike's a fucking loser. He is dumb. No, why am I a loser? I, sucks I, I, this is how I get back at you. This is Kenny. Will, this is Kenny now saying about how I suck when last week I turned off the podcast and he goes... Thank you, sir, for winning me all that money and Chewy, bringing me closer to the initial investment. Well, we've almost, we've hit almost 11. I've brought us to 11,000 before. Kenny just keeps fucking throwing this shit in the goddamn trash. You know, you know who I lay the blame for the falling price of Nintendo stock at the feet of is Mr. Chris Pratt and his disparaging comments about the Italian American community. Holy fucking shit. Hold on to that thought because I, I have so many thoughts on this. But Will, if you don't mind, we do do this thing on the show of uh, I, I had a moment to get this shit off my chest, but I know that you're you're only here for this one episode. You, you haven't been along for the ride, but we wrote two. We have two uh, reactions, one if we won or one if we lost that you can read so that you could be a part of the fun. Great. So I, I sent you over uh, a little thing that you can read if you want to just get some shit off your chest and tell Kenny how you feel about what happened. Yeah, here, let me, uh, I prepared, let me unravel this letter real quick. Yeah. Do you like adventure? Fear? Edge of your seat entertainment? Oh, I thought I did when I agreed to join the Nintendo episode of the Paper Jam podcast. Come make jokes, they said. It'll be fun, they said. I know Mike's a smart, funny, handsome guy, so when he asked, I was thrilled to join. What they didn't tell me about was the beast. A snarling, bumbling fool that, that the listeners refer to as Kenny Francis Gray. Stomp, stomp, stomp goes the beast. <laughs> as he carries the weight of $9,792 on his back and dumping into whatever idiotic stock makes his pea-sized pecker feel funny that day. <laughs> Have you no shame? Have you no compassion? Mike and I spend our Saturday morning to sit here, make jokes, and have fun with you. And you pay us back by blasting us in the head with a coconut gun from Donkey Kong 64? I can't say I'm happy about what happened today. But what I can say is that you are dumb, and I hate you. <laughs> Your friend, quotes around friend, Will. <laughs> you are Jesus, dumb, Will. and I hate you? <laughs> Jesus. Hey, you know. Will. You and Those are some heavy words. I appreciated the nice stuff you said about me, but. Oh, you know, I mean, I mean it. We're friends. We slept in the same house together once. We did. It was fun. Well, not to try and shift the blame onto the company, Nintendo, but God, I'll try. Uh, Nintendo has been slipping uh, ever since the end of, you know, 2020, 2021. Bunch of people bought the Switch over COVID. Animal Crossing, man. Animal Crossing made them all go oh, out and get yeah. it. And now nobody yep. talks about it no more. But God, was that the coolest thing for two months? It's uh, We've seen this trend across a lot of companies. Um, they exploded during 2020 and now they're on a dip because it wasn't, you know, it was fake world. It was a video game. It was fake world. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. So now Nintendo, um, they, you know, they're not performing as well they, as they did during the pandemic. The future as the investing community puts it for Nintendo is their IP. 
and licensing it out right now, which leads directly to talking about something like a Mario movie. So the other, I mean, the, Uh. the other piece of this is Nintendo. They take these swings. I don't know why they did this. They have the switch. Then they introduce the switch Lite, which is the one that doesn't break apart and doesn't connect to your television. It's just, maybe it connects to your television, but doesn't have the docking. Then they introduce uh, the switch OLED. It's like a it's a it's like a premium switch that isn't selling well. Game Boy is another example of that. Game Boy, yeah, Game Boy yeah. Color, Game Boy Pocket. Like there were a bunch. Game of, Boy Advance. Yeah, Advance was a major step forward, I think, because didn't no, it doesn't have a backlit screen. Never mind. But still, they you're right. They iterate. They iterate. They mess around. Wii U. You know. So right now, the big thing for Nintendo, at least, and look, the investing community is the investing community. They're not the strategy team at Nintendo. What they're all in a hubbub about is Nintendo licensing. You know, the Nintendo theme park, the Nintendo movie. Uh, they've started, you know, I think Nintendo now has action figures too. If you see, they, I think they have Legos. I mean, Nintendo has begun mm-hmm. doing things it didn't do before. Which, do you think that was to protect the integrity of of their product and now they're just kind of like, fuck, we've, we're not going to make another revolutionary game the the fucking switch is revolutionary like it is wild that it's like a game boy and a family fun system on your tv it's groundbreaking do you think they're like we're not gonna have an idea like that anymore anytime soon let's fucking get charlie day and let's make the fucking mario movie i want to draw a comparison to a documentary we all independently have seen called the orange years which is i believe oh, yeah. i think we might have a star I, I am in, yes, I am in the orange, the orange years, yes. Kenny, you're referencing that project I worked on uh, in the early 2000s, correct? The Orange Years is a documentary about Nickelodeon, specifically the creation of the Nickelodeon that we all know and love, that uh, early 90s to early 2000s, that all of that IP. I think Nintendo is had a much longer tail of that, but I think... There's a point in the documentary, The Orange Years, where they talk about when they switch from let's create new stuff to let's monetize. You know, it's around SpongeBob, where Nickelodeon now isn't as known for creating new shows as they were. Like when we were younger, there was new Invader Zim, The Angry Beavers, all this stuff just coming out. Um, In the same way, Nintendo did that. And I think they're at a point right now where it's like, it's time to start making Mario dolls. It's time to start making Donkey Kong. And they did some of that, but I think... The investing community is like, if you want to grow, that's a huge opportunity for you. Because you know what? They're probably aware of this fucking, uh, someone said it recently, but it's just like, the only fucking movies anymore are Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. Those are the only movies. Those are the only things. That, and I think that's kind of where the world is going. Nintendo has a world. They're like, let's just open the gates. Let's make the movies. Let's make the Disney world. Let's make fucking whatever. And if they wanted to, it'd be great. I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to officially let you off the chain to talk about their most recent decision to create the Mario movie and to cast Chris Pratt, who announced that he will not be doing the it's a me, a Mario. He will be doing his regular voice because Mario is, quote, normal now. Specifically, he said he's not Italian anymore. He's normal now. Uh, <gasps> which, like, 
I mean, I know my last name is hard to say. A lot of people have trouble with it. It's not just you, Mike. It's every <laughs> teacher I've ever had. There's a lot of letters in there. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I come from half of my family are Italian-Americans. You know, I, I, when people are like, oh, are you Italian? I'm like, well, we're Massachusetts Italian. You know, we're, <laughs> we're market basket frozen ravioli at Thanksgiving Italian. <laughs> so, like, I'm not going to pretend I have any, like, deep ethnic claim uh, or ownership over Italian-American culture. I don't know. Is Mario even Italian-American? I think he's just straight up Italian. I don't know. He lives in Queens. But you get Chris Pratt. And like, you know, there's other men who better embody Mario in many ways. Now, granted, this is an animated film. Mario has been an animated character for nigh on, what, 60, 50 years or something like that. And there has been like one guy who's pretty much been doing his voice continuously. I think his name is Charles Martinet or something like that, which is a French name. I don't know. But just like bad choice. Fuck Chris Pratt. I'm coming for you. If I ever see you, I'm going to show you what normal looks like, Chris Pratt. You and you take your whole hillside church, whatever, whatever weird Christian cult you belong to. You know, oh, uh, get out of shit. here, Chris Pratt. He's a disgraced individual in my eyes. I got I got nothing to say to this Chris Pratt. Get out of town. Can I quickly just list off for any of the listeners that don't know? Can I quickly just list off the uh, the cast of of Mario? Please do. All right, the, the role of Mario played by Chris Pratt, the role of Luigi played by Charlie Day, uh, the role of Princess Peach by Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit, uh, the role of Bowser played by Jack Black, the role of Donkey Kong played by Seth Rogen, uh, the role of Toad played by Keegan-Michael Key, Cranky Kong is going to be Fred Armisen. Uh, it, it's just Cranky Kong is going to be Fred Armisen is the wildest. Nah, I, that's kind of nuts. Uh, I, I'm kind of there for that. But just, like just imagining Seth Rogen being like, like he's not going to make that noise, but it's just fucking wild. The casting is wild. Well, so this like this to tie it back to the greater conversation, we're talking about like Nintendo makes these quote missteps apparently from time to time like the original mario brothers movie was when nintendo was on top of the world mario is probably the biggest selling game ever and they make that like abomination where they make all these weird choices and they're like oh well it'll be bob hoskins it'll be kind of real life but kind of cartoony and like it bombs and it's like they take these big swings and they bomb but i think consistently though the games have been good so it's like it's not like the newest mario like they make other offshoots, but like when when Nintendo puts out a big tentpole Mario game like Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine or Mario Odyssey or Mario Galaxy, like they are heralded as like, holy shit, look how inventive, creative, like different and playable and accessible. Like they just hit grand slams with the games. But like when it comes to building a new console or like making a movie or something like that, they seem to like screw it up a lot and it's a weird dichotomy because clearly there's people at the helm who know how to make games very well and they apparently are not great at making movies and other things i would not be surprised this is i'll make a long bet on that because there's one company that is good at that second piece and that's disney Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if within the next 20 years, Disney purchases Nintendo. Uh, when you were talking about everything being Marvel, like, yeah, that's going to happen, I bet. I, I feel, yeah, along that, yes, Kenny. Because I feel like once they start making the movies and Luigi gets a spinoff movie and then, then fucking Donkey Kong. I mean, yeah, they've already got the world of there could be the Diddy Kong movie and the fucking da, 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 da. It's just going to keep going and going and going. But I am curious, Will, because you are right of like the the last Mario. I like the last Mario movie, but it also is a piece of shit. Like it, it, 
I think I remember hearing that it's supposed to be the, the director or the writers maybe wanted it to be an adult like movie of like, let's make New York like this dark, scary place. And then at the last minute, they started getting a lot of notes being like, let's make it a family movie. Let's let's do it. And it just like the movie doesn't know what it is. Yeah. So I'm curious of like, what if this movie ended up being good? I really don't think it will. But what? I'm, hey, I'm open to when the it, movie comes out. They're doing it animated, right? They are. So why did they cast these people where like some of them, it seems a little like stunt casting-y or like, I, I don't know, like uh, we have no idea what the tone will be, what the visual style would be. But if it had, if in being animated, it is all resembles like 3D Mario, it's going to be very jarring and odd to have like, Kenny, what's the line? You, 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 <laughs> I hate to put you on oh. the spot, but you made a joke about it where you're like, Chris Pratt is going to do this line as Mario. And I was like, that's going to be in the movie 100%. The line he's going to say is, oh, I'm sorry, were you going to eat that mushroom? <laughs> like, that's probably what they're going to do is, yes. is like Bowser's going to be like a joke. Like, every, nothing's going to be scary. I want like, you to come into my castle. It's, I, 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 if you like it. I mean, I don't really know. I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> it's it, that's exactly what it's going to be. But guys, don't forget, Chris Pratt and Charlie Day are two of the lead voice actors in the industry right now. The Lego movie. Yeah. Monsters University. But the Lego movie is not. But that does not mean. I'm not saying I stand by it. What I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the Lego movie tonally makes sense because there is no. Legos don't have any like yes, history yes, yes. of tone. Nintendo has a history of tone. Yeah. And I understand I'm a 30 year old man talking about a children's movie. <laughs> and I, I think I'll have to accept that what they're going to do is take Mario and make it what children's television is today, which if you watch children's television is a lot of ironic detachment, is a lot of. All that kind of stuff. Complete silliness. Every character is going to be funny. There's going to be no serious character. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think Kenny's point is truly relevant, which is like, you know, we're, we're a bunch of men in our 30s talking about this. And it's not. It's just not. It's just <laughs> it's not bullshit. for us. It's just it's not bullshit. for us. Mario was never an interesting narrative character. There is no. St the story it's of the not. game is just that he saves the lady from the monster. Like there isn't anything particularly interesting or about that. And so to port it to a film is like, well, they're doing it because it's going to make a bunch of money. So they're going to make it make a bunch of money. And that's fine. Like, that's what they're doing. I don't have like a personal moral ethical stake in like the sanctity of the Mario franchise in any capacity. It's fine. This is just what happens. Well, I will say if you're listening to this and it's 2023, we'll come back for the Patreon after hours when we see the Mario movie live in theaters and we'll do a review on it and maybe we'll eat our words two, three years from now. Mm. You know what they will do is they'll make a Zelda movie and it'll be really good once Disney gets a hold of it. <sighs> that's a, that's an after hours conversation. I could go off on that because I feel like they shit the bed with all the Zelda narrative stuff as well. The TV show, I don't know. Mm. But oh, I forgot so, about the TV show until right now. It's boring. This is Zelda. No, well, right. I want to play a little game. Will, would you like to play a game? Oh, hell yeah. Not like a Saw game. You set that up like no, Saw. No, 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 no. I would also like to not. If it Actually, thank you, Will, for that. If it's a Saw game, Kenny, don't automatically count me in. Okay. I don't need any of that. So we're not going to play the Saw game. Would you guys like to play a game related to Nintendo? Yay. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> then we're going to play a little game called Nintendo Gamer on Kendo's Brain. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, this is a different game than what I do every week, where you're going to tell me if this game is a real obscure oh, Nintendo yeah. game or a fake it. game I made up. Now, will you have to understand that every single week, Mike comes up with an inventive new game, and I come up with a different version of the same game every single week. But the names are very good. 
This is Nintendo game or on Kendo's brain. We're going to go back and forth. Whoever gets the most right is the winner. All right. We'll start with Mike. Uh, we'll let we'll let him go. We'll let him be the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. All right. Mike, here's the first one. Is it real or fake? Parachute. Real. Yep. Will. I played parachute. Butt fighters. Uh, B-U-T-T. Is it like no, butt? Good question. Butt fighters. No, uh, it's butt is in B-U-T-T fighters. Okay. I, I'm, I have to think that I have to say that's fake. That's Kendo's brain. You got it. You got it. Yes, okay. It's fake. <laughs> Mike, army man. <laughs> Nintendo game. Is it real or fake? Nintendo game. It's real. Ooh, it's is that fake. the name of the game? Nintendo Whoa. game or from Kendo's brain? It's fake. Army man is fake. That, Fuck. That was a, that's a sneaky one. So what I try and do with this game is I look at what a bunch of obscure Nintendo games and I try and suss out what the general vibe of how their title <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> All right. So, Will, Snoopy Tennis. <laughs> Snoopy, Charles Schultz. I don't know that that's like licensed into much. I'm going to say that's one you made up. That's real. Wow, okay. Really? I didn't know there was any like Charlie Brown video games. Snoopy Mike, Tennis. Dirt Bike 5000. That's Kendo's brain. That's, That's correct. Me. That's correct. Yeah, baby. Will, Monkey Magic. That's got to be real. That's a real one. Yes. Hey now. Mike, Space Demon. <laughs> Uh, Kendo's brain. Oh, that's a real one. Fuck! Oh, Can I ask her? Are any of these like in. translations? I do not know. I was gonna say I wouldn't expect to see that written on a box in like a U.S. store, but if you told me like it was translated from Japanese and it, they just called it Space Demon, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah, that might be what some of these are, and that leads okay. us right into the next one. <laughs> uh, Will Devil World? Uh, that's got to be fake. That's real. Wow. I didn't see. I don't peg Nintendo for devils and demons. That's that's what my brain is doing. There. Yeah. Mike. Commando nine. That's Kendo's brain. That's correct. Yes. It's too vague. Mm-hmm. Will Mario the juggler. Oh, uh, <laughs> definitely real. I think that's a game and that watch. Is title. Real. Really? He's got his oh. hands out like this and you got to catch the balls. Mike. Got it. Butt lasers. Ooh, <laughs> another butt one. Uh, wait, Will was the butt one fake? <laughs> I don't know. God damn I don't it! Know. I actually, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm behind here. You fucking asshole! I'm behind. <laughs> you guys are actually uh, tied right now. You're tied. Oh shit! Fuck! I'm gonna say Kendo's brain. Yeah, of course. No, fuck you, Will. God damn it! It's guess butt lasers. Do you think pun. they released a game called Butt Lasers? <laughs> I don't know. I know I can't trust you. <laughs> Will Donkey Kong Hockey? Oh, oh, that's hard. I'm going to say fake Kendo's brain. Oh, Donkey Kong hockey is real. Yes. What? I somehow there's a world in my head that I'm imagining them in pads and pucks. And I I knew that was I can see it. I just didn't think (laughs) (laughs) I can see all of these things in my brain, Mike. (laughs) All right, Mike. Virtual Boy Wario's Land. Real? 
That's real. Virtual it. Boy is a system. What was Virtual Boy? Virtual the, Boy is a... Uh, I'm pantomiming big goggles. <laughs> oh, I and wish it's all red lines. Format. It's all red 3D lines. Hmm. Uh, they actually reference that in the new Luigi's Mansion game. Hmm. Hey, scary. Too scary. Uh, now, Will, Virtual Boy, <laughs> Luigi's Dance Party. Stop! stop. <laughs> Luigi's Dance Party? Wait, Virtual Boy, <laughs> Luigi's Dance Party? No. No, that's not real. <laughs> oh, oh, I pray it's, it's real. It right. All right, so let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, and Michael Morrissey is the winner by one Yeah, point. baby! Come on, my pod. Spook me with all those spooky sounds. Give it up. It was it was DK hockey that really that really was the nail in the coffin. I think that is a tricky one. Well, I I really loved having you on the show, and you you, you fit into the format so great. You you brought that product knowledge, and I just hope that I'm excited for everybody who's does the Patreon who listens to the after hours bonus episode on that's coming out in a few days. We're gonna talk to Will even more about Nintendo stuff. Find out about Thank my you, favorite games. Is that what we're doing? Thank you so much for having that me. That is what we're doing. Is there anything you want to plug, promote? Um, I, I paint a lot of models. I make little videos of me painting, doing crafts. Go on your YouTube, type in WG space mini, and go look at me sculpt some things and paint some little crafts and shit like that. That's really all I got going on, unless you're in Somerville and come see us do live comedy, but that's probably <laughs> not most of you. So <laughs> catch me on YouTube. You'd be surprised. Also, guys, this is a prime opportunity. It's it's gonna be October. It's gonna be Halloween. You guys should promote the Hormel Very Chilly Christmas. Mm, yes, that's uh, a good the point. Day Christmas album. Go look it up on Spotify. Cowboy Santa is a is a personal favorite track off the CD of mine. Thank you. Go put it in your uh, parents' like car around Christmas. That's what we ask. We ask the <laughs> mom and dad challenge, uncles, aunts, whatever you got. Give them our Christmas CD. Put it in their car. Uh, you know, load it on their Spotify and just you know. Spread the mirth. There is a real CD you can buy, right? Yeah, probably not anymore. Do you still have them? Yeah, you can still buy them. There's oh. a couple. We got a couple left. Physical media. What do you know? Fuck yeah, guys. Go to messandfinesse.com. Go to shop. Well, and, and I'd like to plug uh, that I love you guys so much. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> we love you too. Let's do a sleepover again sometime soon. Fly on out here. We'll all get together. Oh, we'll stay up late and eat eat ice cream and candy and popcorn and we'll play n64 games like it was old times that sounds, that sounds awesome. great and william hey how about we I, we do a sleepover and this time why don't we trim the fat huh you and kenny gray and just get just out of the there. two of us just a two just you and me baby we'll, we'll see <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> i don't know <laughs> thanks for tuning in everybody we'll see you next week Thank you for listening to the Paper Jam Podcast. New episodes come out every Thursday. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at the Paper Jam Pod or shoot us an email at thepaperjampod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you like what you hear, check out our Patreon where Mike and I post bonus episodes, videos, and other sweet, sweet content for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Audio.